Welcome to episode 41 of the Blake Mayfield Podcast. I am your host, Blake Mayfield, and I'm back flying solo again today to discuss the new 10-hour documentary about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls called The Last Dance. Um, first, I want to give a special shout-out and thank you to all of the supporters and listeners, anyone who downloads the podcast, anyone who streams it, anyone who takes their time out to hear what I have to say. Um, I really appreciate it. That in and of itself means the world to me, you guys, so much. So thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm not shit without you guys supporting and streaming and downloading. So I just wanted to show gratitude. And I know I've been gone since the Super Bowl. And as the world knows, we've all been dealing with the COVID-19 spread and whatnot. So sports were the first to go out the window. And so just kind of working around that, it's just been hard. Uh, I recently got promoted to my job as well to a managerial position. So just been dealing with a lot of life stuff over the last few months. I know I've been gone since the Super Bowl recap basically um haven't had any guests haven't had any more pods but i'm happy that you guys are here if you're here with me today um and i want to just give a good show i remember i promised back in january once this last dance documentary was fully over i would go back and watch it all at once which i did yesterday because i had the day off and i had nothing to do and uh, i would come in here and give a full breakdown and a full review of it so that's what i'm here to do this is probably the biggest sports event of the year so far in my opinion and, and i mean it's shaping up to be the biggest one of the year it seems like just because um you know like i said no sports and who knows what's going to happen here in the next few months maybe we get some nba back i know there's rumors that chris paul and lebron and Giannis and all them gone facetime or zoom or whatever it was like a week ago and did a phone call and talking with Adam Silver and stuff, but who knows? I mean, it's very complicated. If I was a betting man, I'd say the NBA is about over. I'd say when they canceled the season, the season was over. I don't think it's going to come back. Um, even though my Lakers were looking like they were poised to be one of the two or three teams to make the finals, it really sucks. Um, but hey, man, nothing's more important than you know saving lives and whatnot. So you know, and then that includes concerts or a game or you know anything like that. Nothing's more important than people dying and getting sick. So I hope everyone who has had it or everyone who's trying to prevent not getting it stays safe. Uh, like I said at the top, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, you know, we finally have something sports related to talk about, and what a documentary, man! I mean, um, this thing was crazy. But real quick, before we totally dive into it, I want to let you guys know that I will be doing album reviews this year. So how I think of the podcast this year, um, I don't know if I'm going to have a lot of guests, just because I want to start moving towards not really having a lot of friends and stuff on, which I do love doing, don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying that's never going to happen again. But um, it's just tough, you know, it's, it's just tough to have just friends on and whatnot, because you sometimes want to have like a serious pod, and you know, sometimes you want to you know, I'm, I'm trying to work this thing up to where I can maybe get like a, a publishing deal with someone, you know, truthfully in the future. And so, you know, someone that can distribute the content, you know, like a Spotify or an Apple or a Tidal or, you know, just whoever, whoever, you know, whatever streaming is out there. Um, so, you know, just trying to work my way up to that. I just want it to become a little more legit, a little more just passionate. Um, and then not so much cursing, not so much yelling. Uh, looking back, you know, last year was a fantastic year. It was the best year of my life, best year of my career. And, uh, but I, I still think that there's always room to improve. There's always ways to get better at this. And so that's what I'm doing. And, uh, I will be doing album reviews though. I'll be doing album reviews. Drake has an album coming out this year. I know I missed out on the weekend. I missed out on party next door. I missed out on the Drake mixtape. I'm not going to do the future album just cause I like future a lot, but I just don't want to sit through an hour and 10 minutes of future. Uh, <laughs> truthfully, I just don't feel like doing that. So, um, yeah, you guys will be getting album reviews, and then if there's more documentaries, if there's more stuff coming out, if we do get the NBA back, surely there will be more podcasts, but I can't guarantee any more content at this point, you guys, besides maybe five or six more of these throughout the year, 
2020 just seems like it's kind of shot in general. Everything just seems like it's canceled. Everything's closed. You can't go anywhere. There's, you know, there's no concert to go attend. There's no sporting event to go attend. Um, so it's just, it's tough, you know, who knows what's going to happen this summer and over the next six months to a year. But, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can just get back to normal and everyone could just be safe. But, um, without further ado, let's get into the last dance. Uh, I waited till the whole doc was out so I can watch it all. Like I said, and it's all fresh in my mind. And, um, let me just say this, this is my favorite sports documentary I've ever seen. And I think it is probably the best I've ever seen. Uh, 10 hours is absolutely crazy. The craziest part about all this to me is the fact that they sat on all this footage for like 20 years. And the fact that Jordan, he didn't want to do this until the LeBron goat discussion started happening. That's what it really seemed like. Um, I don't think the ESPN even announced they were doing it until 2018. And that's the year that LeBron went to the Lakers. So I think this is all motivated kind of by that narrative and Jordan just being a psychopathic competitor, which was detailed very delicately in this documentary, um, which by the way, I love, I, I absolutely love the fact that Jordan is as much of a killer and as much of a psychopathic competitor as we all thought he was. That's actually the, probably the most endearing part of the entire documentary is the fact that, you know, it, it's all true. You know, it's, I, he did a press run like on Good Morning America and a couple ESPN shows, I think before the doc came out saying like, Hey, you know, I may be portrayed as like an asshole. I may look like a jerk in this documentary. I'm not going to lie. Every time that they were showing him being tough on his teammates or they were showing him doing whatever, you know, just, just being kind of a dick, honestly, I can't help but respect and like him even more. I mean, it's like he just wanted to get most, uh, the most out of his teammates. You know, he didn't want to lose. He didn't show up to practice. He didn't play all those games. He didn't train as hard as he did. He didn't wake up the early mornings into the late nights. He didn't do all that to come in and lose. And I can respect someone who, you know, is willing to come in and is willing to kick their teammates' asses to get them to where they need to be. Um, you know, the Bulls don't win six titles in eight years if Jordan doesn't come in and do what he does, you know, no matter what the pieces are that are there, you know, Phil Jackson and all of them were there when Jordan left and they didn't make it past the second round either time until Jordan was fully back in shape. Um, you know, and it showed, I like how they had, uh, episode two was mainly about Scotty. That was cool. Learning a little bit about Scotty and his background and Jordan kind of giving him praise and giving him love as my laptop makes weird noises. Um, Episode three was mostly about Rodman. It was cool seeing him. I'm not seeing his 30 for 30. I need to watch that. But Rodman was really cool. Um, his episode was probably the my least favorite of the whole series. It was probably the most boring just because I thought he would give us a little bit more. But, you know, that's fine. It's a documentary about the Bulls and Michael Jordan. You know, I don't really... If I want to see Rodman, I'll go see the 30 for 30. Um, but overall, man, the documentary is really good. And so I'll break this down a little bit for you guys. So... The first few episodes, you know, we're just going through his early life and we're just doing all that kind of stuff. But, you know, as we move towards episodes five, six, seven, eight, you know, we start getting towards, you know, the championships and what's driving him and the fame and whatnot. And it's really crazy to me that, you know, I mean, they addressed everything, first of all. I, I want to respect, you know, Jordan for that. I mean, he addressed, you know, his father's murder and the fact that it may have been mob related. And, you know, however you may think about that, whatever you may think happened there, the fact that he was even willing to address it at this point in his life and career. And, you know, even though he denied all the accusations and whatnot, none of us will ever know but him and his dad, I guess. Um, but nonetheless, man, just the fact that he covered all of this stuff, it just, it takes balls. You know, it really, really does. And I really respect him for that. So, uh, documentary is fantastic. So, you know, when they start doing that and, 
then you know we go to retirement and then we go to him not being that good at baseball and you know even just the littlest details you know like Jordan was able to hit you know the first 15 games he played and he got a hit and it's because they were all fastballs and then once these pitchers started throwing breaking balls at him he was striking out left and right he would never not swing at them it's just that competitive edge that competitive nature of Michael Jordan you know and it's just cool to see that it's like you know, you got to be able to put in some work. You got to be able to like chip away at something. It's like even Michael Jordan can't just walk into something and be a winner and be the best at it. It's like it, it really shows and it really, and this is something they didn't really go into detail about or really break down. But it's like one thing that I was learning while watching on the fly is like, you know, anything in life, man, you got to work your ass off at it. If you want to achieve it. And I mean, you know, people always talk about you got to work hard to get there. I think you have to work twice as hard to maintain it. And that's the point of greatness. Anyone could do anything great. Anyone could have a number one record, like an old town road or some shit. You know what I mean? Anyone can have a massive song or they can win a championship one year or have a career year and get the MVP. But it's like when you do that year in and year out, that's more impressive. Greatness to me is defined by getting to the top or getting to near the top. And just stay in there. That's the point of greatness to me. And that's what Michael Jordan embodied. And, you know, when he came back in 95, admitting that, you know, I was in baseball shape. I wasn't in basketball shape. And, you know, admitting all this stuff, it, it's really cool just seeing him open up and be honest. Because as a kid, this is all urban legend stuff to me. I was born in 98. I was born at the very end of 98. Basically, like, almost Christmas Day. Um, so I never was around for any of this stuff at all whatsoever. You know, I'm a, I'm a Kobe and LeBron kid. So, you know, especially LeBron, I've got to see LeBron's entire career basically at this point. So it's just like, it's the fact of, it's so cool to be able to go back and see and just how things were different in the nineties and no social media and you know, how much scrutiny was on him still and how much this Bulls team really enjoyed just being around each other and really enjoyed just the camaraderie and, you know, they really respected each other and seeing Jordan, you know, push guys like Scott Burrell, calling him a hoe, calling him, you know, a bitch. It's it just, it's crazy. It's like, you don't think any of this stuff's true. And then, you know, it's all there on film. And I just, it blows my mind that they sat on that stuff for 20 years. That is crazy to me. You know, it's like if I had all that footage, and I mean, it's fantastic stuff. I mean, it's like practices, locker room, you know, Jerry Seinfeld coming in during the All-Star game, dapping up Michael, you know, Magic and Bird dapping up Michael, Michael calling Larry, you know, F you bitch, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just everything that we thought we knew about Michael Jordan, we did, you know, it it, it is true. And I mean, man, I just, as someone who is, I'm very competitive myself, and I fucking hate losing, honestly, I really, really hate losing a lot. And so just, you know, I could relate to, not saying I'm Michael Jordan, but it's just like, I can relate to the fact that it's like, I can't stand this. You know, it's like, I will do everything in my power to not lose. And seeing how many times, you know, all these Hall of Famers would come on and, you know, Reggie, Gary Payton, uh, you know, Sean Kemp, Carl Malone, or Carl Malone wasn't in this, sorry, John Stockton, uh, Charles Barkley, all these guys saying, you know, we were two shots, we were one three-pointer, we were one possession, we were one steal, one block away from beating this guy, you know, legitly beating him and his team, and it's like no one could ever catch him, I mean, he's the most elusive athlete in our generation, in our lifetime, I think, as far as being out of the public eye, and as far as being a winner, no one was ever able to catch him, I mean, he went six for six in the finals with six MVPs, he should have won six regular season if 
excuse me, MVPs, if it wasn't for them giving it to Karl Malone in 97 because they had Jordan fatigue. The same reason that LeBron should have like five or six, but they stopped giving them to him because we have LeBron fatigue. It's like, we know LeBron's the best, but we're tired of giving it to him. So let's give it to James Harden. Let's give it to Giannis. Let's give it to Russell Westbrook. You know, it's like, in all those years, you can make a case, especially the Harden year, that LeBron James deserved the MVP award over those guys. So um, take a drink of water real quick. Good old Ascentia. Shout out to Ascentia. Um, my favorite episode, though, was probably episode, I want to say, uh, episode 8. Because that was the episode leading into him coming back and whatnot. And that addressed him kind of leaving. And just, you know what I mean? Him needing a break. He was just exhausted. I mean, it's like as a human being, it's like, I'm surprised he didn't burn out even quicker. You know, and it's like him addressing his retirements and whatnot, it's just really cool to see. It's like, man, even Michael Jordan runs out of gas. You know what I mean? Even he gets exhausted. It's just like all that fame, all that time he puts in everything, all the competitive nature, everything's just so, it's so detailed and it's so, it takes so much energy out of you as a person. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's honestly crazy. He didn't retire sooner. You know, even though he was only 35 and the first time he retired, he was 30 or 31. It's just like, I mean, I'm surprised this guy made it as long as he did, you know, and just having the competitive will and fire to want to come back to the Wizards after the fact, you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. But I think the biggest revelation for everybody and for me, especially was at the end of this doc when he said that, you know what I mean? If it wasn't for Jerry Krause and, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner and the GM, you know, if it wasn't for them, he would have came back and he thinks they could have won a seventh ring. Now me personally, Pippen was already on his last legs. Rodman was already kind of on his way out. Uh, you know, that team was already kind of breaking down and that season took it took five years out of everyone. It was only one year, it seemed like, but it seemed like it took five years out of everyone and their energy and their legs. You know, Pippen was never really the same. I know he went to Houston and he went on and, you know, played a few more years, but he wasn't Scottie Pippen from the Bulls in the 90s, you know. And Rodman eventually, his celebrity took over his play, you know, which arguably could have happened in the first three P if it wasn't for the fact that he was on the championship winning teams and he was such a dog. You know what I mean? It's just like Rodman's celebrity was taken over. Phil Jackson seemed burnt out. He wanted to go coach a young Kobe and young Shaq in LA. And it's just, you know, Tex Winter went with him, the assistant coach, the guy who created the triangle offense. And, uh, it's just, it's nuts to me that Jordan did want to come back, though, because all these years, we never heard that. All these years, it seemed like, you know, at 98, I was tired, just like I was in 93. I'm exhausted. I just want to, I just want to sit down. I just don't want to, you know, I, I'll leave at my peak because I'm just, I can't do this anymore. And then come to find out from the man himself all these years later, that wasn't the case. He was willing to run it back another time and another time and another time. And, you know, the Bulls management, I mean, how incompetent, you know, it's like, I don't know if there's ever been a team before or after, besides maybe Jerry Jones in the 90s, that messed up a dynasty so just carelessly and recklessly for literally no reason at all. I mean, there's no reason to mess with it besides a power struggle and Jerry Krause feeling like he doesn't get credit, which granted, I, you know, being someone who has felt scorned and felt like they're not getting credit for stuff, it sucks. You really want it bad, especially when you're getting ridiculed by the guys that 
you know, like a Jordan and a Scotty, you know, they're saying that, you know, don't smoke the cigar, it'll stunt your growth, and, you know, is this Gatorade here for you to, to, you know, lose weight, and is it, you know, it's just like, they're making fun of how short he is, how fat he is, you know, all these problems he has, and I I don't want to go in on Jerry Krause, because he is dead, and and rest in peace to Jerry Krause, he passed away a few years ago, so he had no say, really, in this documentary whatsoever, which was another thing that I don't think was a low blow, don't get me wrong, but the fact that they talked all this shit about Jerry Krause, and he wasn't here to defend himself at all whatsoever compared to Jerry Reinsdorf who also took a brunt of the shit from Scotty and Michael in the documentary and you know Bob Costas and all these other guys for you know breaking up this team it's like he's still alive to hear that but he's also the owner you know and it's just like looking back it's like how stupid was that move to get rid of the greatest player ever and we all knew he was the greatest player ever at the time to begin a rebuild when there's no reason to begin a rebuild Jordan's 35 you know like I said I know Pippen and Rodman were on their last legs but if you bring Phil back you bring Michael back you still have Steve Kerr you know I know they traded him but you know you could still have Steve Kerr you could still have all these other role players it's like they could have made another run at that title and I mean who knows if they went because it was a lockout season that's something that they didn't address which was kind of surprising but it's like Going into 98 and 99, it was a lockout shortened season. There was 50 games in three months, which is crazy. That's like 17 games a month. That's insane. And, you know, on playoffs, they were playing back-to-back games, and they were playing every other night. And it's just like, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe the Bulls would have burned out, and then they would have went 6-7 for in the finals. Or, you know, excuse me, maybe we wouldn't look at Jordan as this dominant competitor guy as much as we did, you know. But nonetheless, it's just like, how, how do you mess this up? You know, it's, it's really crazy. It's, it's insane. Another thing I was really excited for in anticipating this is the fact of when we saw the trailer, we had all these celebrities, you know, we saw Justin Timberlake, we saw Nas, we saw, uh, the late great Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was not in there very long at all. He was there for about five minutes, but I think that was his last interview besides, um, the, all the smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. I think that was his second to last interview he ever did when he was alive. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And so it was just like, it was really chilling seeing Kobe on screen. You know, it it still doesn't feel real. It still feels like he is here with us. And it's just so crazy. It's like, man, this guy is gone, you know? And it's like, thank God they were able to get him in this documentary in time, though, to talk about Jordan. And the fact that Kobe admits, like, there's no... There's no Kobe Bryant without Michael Jordan, you know, it's like even I know we all talk about how he emulated his moves and stole his moves and Jordan said he could beat me because he stole my moves and, you know, just the respect between big bro and little bro. It was really amazing. It was really cool to see. And um, man, seeing Kobe up there, dude, that was that was really cool. It was really cool. They were able to get him on there and. All the other celebrities, you know, I mean, Carmen Electra was in the documentary. It's just like, who, by the way, gorgeous, you know what I mean? She looks fantastic still. Um, I know she was more of like the 90s kind of stuff, of course, you know, but I can admire her as well in 2020, Uh, you know, so she looked great and it was just crazy. All the people they were able to get and all the people they were able to, you know, get good stuff out of. It's like everyone wanted to be like Mike, you know, it's just like showing the commercials and all the, you know, the shoes. And it's just like the fact that Jordan is worth $2 billion in 2020. It's like, it took so, it took 
us thinking LeBron's better than him for him to want to come back. You know, he never would have done this if LeBron didn't win that title in Cleveland, I think. And I don't want to keep making this a LeBron-MJ thing, but I can't help but think that that's the motivation for all this, you know? And it's just crazy seeing guys like Barkley, who you know him and Jordan don't have a relationship anymore because he talks shit about Jordan a few years back, saying that he has too many yes-men around him. And we all know that Charles Oakley is one of Jordan's best friends, and Oakley and Barkley hate each other, and, you know... It's just, uh, it's just the fact that Michael Jordan is exactly who I thought he was, and I'm 21, and he's exactly who everyone thought he was. He's just this competitive psychopath, basically. Who, you know, he admits it. I, I have a competition problem. You know, I don't have a gambling problem. I don't have a winning problem. I have a competition problem. I have like a competitive disorder. And it's just like being self-aware and seeing him be like that is just, it's really cool, you know, seeing him just open up about it. And the fact that, you know, my favorite part of the whole doc was when uh, the director, Jason Hare, who, by the way, did the uh, Fab Five documentary and who also did the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO. And I'm sure he's done some others for 30 for 30, but fantastic. This guy, everything he touches turns to gold. I mean, all of his documentaries are crazy. Just those three alone. If you give me Fab Five, Last Dance and Andre the Giant... If I had to live on an island with those three documentaries, I'm set for life. I could watch those three the rest of my life. Um, you know, he would hand Jordan the iPad of, of the other interviews and whatnot. Because I assume Jordan was probably one of the last people he would interview for all this stuff. Because he wanted to get everyone else's reactions, everyone else's advice and stuff first. And what they had to say so he could show it off to him. And the fact that he would show him while cameras are rolling and Jordan's belly laughing at Gary Payton, the glove. You know, saying that... You know, he maybe could have changed the outcome of the finals if he would have played on Jordan since game one. You know, Jordan belly laughing at, you know, other guys just saying that, you know, Jordan had a tough time. And I can't remember anything besides the Gary Payton stuff right now. But it was just really cool seeing Jordan's reaction to stuff, you know, at the very end when Jerry Reinsdorf is saying that, you know, we offered Phil the job after the sixth title and we would have brought everyone back. And then Jordan's like, no one ever even talked to me. I never even talked to Kraus or Reinsdorf about coming back. Once it was over, you know, Phil said it was the last dance and, you know, it, it felt like the last dance. And the way it ended with Jordan looking out over the beach and just smoking a cigar and it's just like, man, it's just so fitting. It's so like if this is the last you know, thing we get from Michael Jordan while he's alive. It's like, what a documentary. I mean, it's just like that game six shot, like Bob Costas said. It's just like, what an image. You know, how magnificent is it that we get to see 10 hours of this stuff? It's like, if this were to never come out, it's like, that'd be such a travesty in sports to me. It's just like, it would be... It'd be mind-blowing if we never got to see any of this stuff. It's just, it's so ingrained in history, and it's so ingrained in the 90s culture. You know, 90s culture, you know, the rise of hip-hop, especially West Coast, and, you know, all these celebrities coming out, and it's like the NBA really went global. I know in the 80s, Magic and Bird made it global, but Michael took it to that other level. I mean, Jordan's, he still makes $100 million more than his next closest guy in shoe endorsements still. You know, between May 2018 and May 2019, Jordan made $130 million off his sneakers. The next closest guy was LeBron. He made $30 million. So, I mean, he's still making $100 million more million a year off Jordans. And, I mean, LeBron's aren't the best shoes. As much as I may love LeBron, his shoes are not that great. So, it's not that surprising. But it's like, if Kobe were to still be alive, if Kobe were to still be playing, I think he'd be number two. But he wouldn't sniff $130 million. It's just... It's nuts, man. It's just everyone really did want to be like Mike, and it's really cool to see. And, you know, I just, it's going to come out on Netflix later this summer. I'm going to watch it again. I'm really happy I was able to sit down and, excuse me, uh, be able to enjoy this and be able to 
just, you know, soak in the fact that it's like, I didn't get to see any of this, so now that I get to see it now, I feel like it's really just like a blessing, you know, and it could have come at a better time. I mean, this was supposed to come out in June. I think it was like every other Tuesday. It was going to start June 2nd or June 1st or whatever the Tuesday is. I think it's June 2nd. It was supposed to be a five-week thing that they aired around the NBA Finals when everything was still going on originally. But the fact that we all basically were forced to sit down because there's no other sports to watch. And we were forced to watch, you know, week in and week out, Michael Jordan take over the sports world yet again. All these years later, when he's almost 60 years old, it's just like, just... I don't know if we're ever going to have another sports figure like him. And whether people think LeBron or Kobe or Kareem or Shaq or whoever is better, that's fine. We can have that debate all we want. It's all subjective. It's like a music debate. It's all subjective. But you cannot deny just the charisma and the presence of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. This guy is one of the most legendary athletes and legendary people in America's history, in my opinion. I mean, I know that might be a little much, but it's just like, look at basketball and the world after he came through and graced it. I mean, this guy, you know, as much of a psychopathic competitor as he might be, he was like the nicest guy. You know, everyone wants to be like Mike and he's eating McDonald's and he's hanging out with kids and he's hanging out with, you know, these security guards throwing coins at a wall. You know what I mean? It's like he seemed like he was as down to earth as he could be. But, you know, they documented in there. It's like every time he'd leave his hotel room, he would have to go out and he had to be Michael Jordan and deal with all these people and mobs and these people wanting everything from him. Even just, you know, just a glimpse or a picture. It's just like that has to just drain a human being after a while. And looking back, it's easy to see why he retired a total of three times. Of course, the third time he has stayed retired and yeah, he'll never come back at this point. But, um, it's just like, man, it's, you know, you don't really realize it because I didn't live it. It's just like, it really must have been crazy, you know? And it's like, imagine the Twitter and Instagram era with Jordan. It's just, I, would he have been able to handle it? I don't know. But that media scrutiny and pressure around his dad and the Sports Illustrated cover when he played for the White Sox, I mean, he endured a lot of stuff. And, you know, the fact that he was able to use it all as fuel, use it all as motivation, and, you know, we were able to get Kobe, and we were able to get all these celebrities, and, you know, we got honest answers from him, and the director did a great job, and, you know, they had to finish this up, you know, in the middle of all this. This documentary was not done by the time the NBA canceled their season, and, you know, the government and the CDC started, you know, putting in stay-at-home orders and whatnot. The documentary was not finished. They moved it up six weeks. You know, for production, that's crazy on anything, on a movie, on a doc, on a TV show. Moving it up six weeks is unheard of. So the fact that they were able to get all these done, you know, at home, and I think 9 and 10 were the ones that weren't finished. They had to get, like, another... 30 minutes of footage for each one. Um, you know, they, they did a great job. You know, shout out to, like I said, Jason Hare, the director. Uh, you know, shout out to all the producers and stuff, man. Uh, they did a fantastic job. I'm really happy that we were able to get this in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. And we were able to sit down and actually enjoy it. The fact that it's over now is really sad. I don't know what I'm going to do the rest of the year. Um, hopefully more stuff comes through. Hopefully there's more music, just, you know, whatnot. It looks like the summer is about canceled. Honestly, as far as Shasta County goes, where I live, we only have 30 cases and four deaths, thank God. But who who knows, man? Who knows how long stuff's going to stay closed? Who knows how long we don't have sports for? Hopefully we get some NFL this year. It might be with empty stadiums. But as far as right now, dude, I'm just going to keep watching The Last Dance over and over. It's fantastic. I owed you guys this podcast, so I wanted to come in and sit down and do it. I felt like I wouldn't have done this justice if I didn't come through and deliver on my promise to you guys. So... 
I really love this podcast. I love that you guys tune in and listen. And I don't want to make this too long because it's just me. And I addressed basically everything I did want to address. But um, it was cool seeing Michael's kids in there. And just the fact that I was able to, as a 21-year-old, really see through the eyes of all those people that were my age in the 90s, how they felt about him and, you know, how great he really was. You know, it's like even though you know the result of these games, you think that the Bulls are going to lose half these games. It's just the way they did it in the music, and, you know, it took four years from the time that they got the green light from ESPN. They didn't announce it until 2018, but apparently ever since the summer of 16, they have been planning on doing the documentary and getting the archives and getting Michael and getting all these guys and celebrities to come in and and do interviews and, you know, Phil and all these coaches, so... Very, very well done. Best sports doc I've ever seen. I don't want to keep you guys too long. One thing I will start doing at the end of these podcasts, I'm going to start doing an outro song. And it's going to be a different song every time. And it's not going to be the Michael Jordan theme song. But I'm going to play the last intro song, which was by Burna Boy. The song is called Secret. It will be in the description below. Um, I'm going to play that for the outro. And I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. I'm going to get out of here. We are 32 minutes deep. And I appreciate you guys, and I will be back soon. I don't know what that will entail. I don't know what it will be about, but I will be back as soon as I can be because I do want to keep doing this podcast. I will start to try and get guests on here again, and we'll go from there. You know, I appreciate all you guys. 2020, let's just try and make it through it together and, you know, love each other. I love you guys. And, you know, just support your family and friends, you know, check on them and just, you know, do what you can, you know, bring people together, be positive, and... I'm going to get out of here, and let's see. You already know that's the man that you wanna buy